evening, everybody. How are you tonight? Aren't you thankful we're already in the presence of God? If nothing else happens, we're in the presence of the Lord. So good to be with you. I always love to tell on myself, like right out of the gate. Y'all are such a trendy church. And so I was going to bring these really cute boots tonight. And guess what I left? So I got on totally churchy shoes tonight when I was trying to be so RTTN. So I am failing big time tonight. I just want y'all to know. I know it. I feel it. So y'all just forgive me and I'll try to have cute boots next time. I was so mad when I got in that suitcase and I thought, are you kidding me? Oh, I cannot believe this. But anyway, it was too late to fix it. So this is what you get. But I guess you'll overlook it, won't you? It's so good to be with you tonight. I want to honor um, your pastors. I just don't know if you know. I mean, listen, the stuff she said come out of her mouth up here. I'm like, does she know who's holding the microphone? Do you know that you have two of the most prolific preachers in all of the world, not just in the U.S., but in all of the world? Like God thinks you're his favorite. I do believe that. So I honor them. And then this, I mean, unbelievable team that they have with them assembled. Oh my gosh, I got to be with Pastor uh, Tobin today in class and the whole RSM team. And oh my goodness, I just loved it. I see you, RSM. Thank you. You didn't stay out tonight. I know it's only because they're checking attendance, but thank you for being here anyway. I know, I know how it works, but thank you anyway. Thank you for not taking an absent on my behalf. I'm glad you're here tonight and I didn't scare them away. It's a delight to be with you tonight and I'm truly honored. I honored Pastor, I honor Pastor Kevin who is uh, in the Holy Land right now and wow, can't you just, I mean, I'm excited for him to get back and tell us all about it, right? And, um, but, but I know God's got a word for us tonight. Can you handle a word tonight? Uh, uh, Crystal got up here and started talking about that salt and I said, okay, God, there's my sickum. That was all I needed to hear to say, okay, this is what the right thing is. So it's going to be a little salty for a moment, but it sounds to me like you're ready for some salt. Amen. So I want you to open your Bibles to Joshua chapter seven real quick. And we're going to start in an odd part of scripture, but I think you can handle it. It's going to be familiar to you. I'm going to read from the new American standard version, but you follow along in what version you have. Thank you so much, Pastor Devin, for letting me be your friend and for allowing me to come and be a part of RSM today and also to be a part of the RTT family, to be a part of Woman of Fire, to be a part of Ruach. It's an honor to get to come and be with you all. So I want us to pick up there in verse five, if you will, with me. It says, and the men of Ai struck and killed about 36 of their men and pursued them from the gate as far as Shabarim and struck them on the mountainside and the hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the ground on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, both he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, oh Lord God, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan only to hand us over to the Amorites to eliminate us? If only we had been willing to live beyond the Jordan. Oh Lord, what can I say since Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear about it and they will surround us and eliminate our name from the earth. Eliminate our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? So the Lord said to Joshua, stand up. Why is it that you've fallen on your face? Israel has sinned 
and they also have violated my covenant which I've commanded them. And they've even taken some of the things designated for destruction and have both stolen and kept it a secret. Furthermore, they've also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become designated for destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you eliminate from your midst the things designated for destruction. Stand up, he said. Consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Because the Lord, the God of Israel, has said this. These, there are things designated for destruction in your midst, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you have removed the designated things from your midst. So in the morning, you'll come forward by your tribes and it shall be that the tribe which the Lord selects by lot shall come forward by families and the family that the Lord selects shall come forward by households and the households which the Lord selects shall come forward man by man. And it shall be that the one who is selected with the things designated for destruction shall be burned with fire. He and all that belongs to him because he has violated the covenant of the Lord and because he has committed a disgraceful thing in Israel. Will you pray, Father? I know this is a hard word and I'm thankful that you're allowing me to tell the bad news before I tell the good news. So thank you for your word tonight, God. Your word does bring salting to our lives. It brings correction, it brings healing, God. And I thank you that tonight, God, this is a mature congregation. These are mature disciples that are wanting to live deeper and deeper and deeper for you. We've already prophesied it and declared it. We're not just going ankle deep. We're not just going knee deep. We're not just going waist deep. We're going all the way in, all the way in, God. So I thank you that tonight your word is going to come and it's going to help us because God, there's a mantle on this house, God. It is a governmental mantle for nations, Father. So that means this house has to take what God's instructions are very seriously because they are handing, they're, they're holding nations within their hands. And I thank you, God, that tonight they're going to receive the word, not as, as something that is condemning, but something that just brings correction if there needs to be correction. And then God, we're going to stand as priests before the Lord tonight. And we are going to hold nations in our hand, God, on behalf of your kingdom tonight. And so we praise you now. Let every hearer hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying tonight, God. I pray for every spirit of offense to be outside the door now in the name of Jesus. Let our spirits be ready. Let them be receptive, God. Let our minds be attentive. Let our bodies sit up in the spirit, God, just like you said to Joshua, stand up, sit up, consecrate yourselves. I pray, Lord, that we will be able to take a salty word tonight. In your name we pray, amen, amen. I want you just as you're turning around, as you're sitting, just tell them, say, listen, we're about to take a city for God. Just tell them, we're about to take a city for God. That's what all this is about. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it confused. We are taking cities for God. I want you to hear me say that again. We are taking cities for God. And this is why words like this are so very necessary because we got work to do. Amen. 
So I want you to understand, if you are familiar with where we are in scripture, in Joshua chapter seven, verse chapter six, verse seven, or chapter seven also, you know the story probably better from uh, Sunday school days or children's church days, where we would sing songs like Joshua fit the battle of Jericho. An old Negro spiritual that we didn't really understand as children, but really it just means Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Anybody remember that song? Yeah, I know I'm old. It's okay. One person in here knew it. God bless you. That was a pity hand. I understand. But I want you to understand that God has given us instructions to go in and take the city and there was a great victory. I want to make something clear to all of you. It is God's will that we win. I want you to be very clear about that. And I want you to also take it into your spirit tonight that if you say, I'm not ready to take a city, can you take your family? Can you just be willing to take the two people that are sitting beside you on your row? If you can't go out and begin to take the whole city of Chattanooga, can you just say, God, help me take my family, help me take my household? So we know that, that that's what God had done. He had given them those destructions and the jubilation of seeing God manifest himself through those sound waves. Don't miss what God did at Jericho. They simply opened their mouth and released sound waves into the atmosphere and supernaturally giant walls came tumbling down flat to the ground. That's why when people tell me, ain't nothing to that praise and worship, I said, then don't read Joshua chapter 7 because that's what he said. He said on the seventh time, I want you to make a loud shout. I want the trumpeters to begin to trumpet. And I'm telling you when you cross that sound wave barrier that something is going to shift in your atmosphere. That's why your praise is important. Why do you think through the last several years, the enemy has done everything he could to muzzle the kingdom of God? He didn't care about muzzling the world. He only cared about muzzling the church. He only cared about muzzling his bride because what we say and what we do matters. And hell scared of the bride. <laughs> so I want you to know, I've never seen walls fall down like that in the natural Maybe you have, but I know he did it because I've read his word. I've seen him topple other mountains on my behalf that might not have looked quite like that, but they were mountains nonetheless. But this is what I want you to understand. There were instructions in scripture that if not followed would cost the Israelites their future. God was very clear about what it was to, to begin to do in order to fulfill the mandate on their life. And this is why I believe the Lord would have me speak this to you. In Joshua chapter 6 verse 18, this is what the Lord says to them before they go into battle. He says, but the city, this is Jericho he's talking about, shall be designated for destruction. It and everything that is in it belongs to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house shall live. So all of you that want to get rid of prostitutes, don't read this chapter. Because God says, if you're not going to save anything else, but you're going in and you're going to save the prostitute and her entire household. 
because she had hid the messengers whom we sent. But as for you, only keep yourselves from the things designated for destruction so that you do not covet them and take some of the designated things and turn the camp of Israel into something designated for destruction and bring disaster upon it. These are the instructions that we must pay attention to. I need you to hear me and hear me well tonight. That the enemy is a legalist. The enemy is constantly looking for any breach of the covenant that we make with the Father. Now, I want you to know we sang that song. He's never lost a battle. He's victorious. He's going to reign victorious. But we are to follow him in that victory. That is his intent for us. But many, many times, the undoing of a nation, the undoing of a family, the undoing of a city comes in those little micro instructions that we think we can ignore, that think that we can look over, that think that we can act like is no big deal. And that's the very thing that the enemy snares us with. Now, maybe you're like me. I don't know. But how many of you remember those tests in school that... The teacher gave you a man, you, you are rushing through that thing. And you just started. She said, make sure and put your name on your paper. Read all of the instructions first and then begin your test. But you were just so eager to get your test turned in. You read number one or you just put your name on it and then you started. But had you read all the way through, that last instruction is just put your name on your test and turn your test in. So when you're sitting there writing all the answers and struggling and sweating bullets and all your friends have turned their test in and you're going, what? That's like two seconds and you've already turned it in. They're going, yeah, because you didn't read the instructions. Busted. It's exactly so in the scripture. And this is what's going on in our nation today. It's what's going on in our world today when God has intended for his children to win. How many of you in this room as parents have ever wanted your children to fail? Not one of you. Not one of you. You do not go to baseball games and football games hoping your son or your daughter are going to lose the championship. It doesn't happen. We're crazy to cheer our children on so that they can win, so that they can be victorious. We want to bring the trophy home, even though 20 years from now, you don't know what you're going to do with all of them. But in that year that you're cheering your baby on, you want them to win all the trophies, all the medals, all the little things, right? But the reality is that the battle is often lost because of the instructions that we miss so I want to just mention a couple of things to you to put in your hearing because again, this is not condemning you. This is saying you're a mature church that God says when these people speak, it shifts nations. So they have to be an uncontaminated people. They have to be a people that know who they are and know that they don't skip over the instructions. They don't ignore the warnings of God. They don't ignore the saltiness of the Lord when he comes to salt you and say, clean things out. Make sure things are clean because I've got a job for you to do. 
So you have to, the first thing I want you to think about is don't let a past victory give you a false sense of security. Just because God did it before, yes, he can do it again, but sometimes God will give us instructions that we are to follow. God is all uh, omnipotent. He's all sovereign. He's all knowing. He's never lost a battle and he's never going to lose a battle. And these were his covenant children. And in Ai, they lost because they did not follow the instruction of the Lord. So we have to do it his way. And I want to be clear to you. You may be saying, God, Lee, she's preaching so hard. But let me tell you something. We're living in a world, and I, I walked right out. I had these little couple little quotes that I wanted to share with you. And I walked right out of my room without them, along with my cute boots. There we go. We'll just put that together. But what I'm telling you is we, we want to just change the truth into our truth. So when people say those words, this is my truth. I say to myself, what good is your truth when you measure it to the truth, the way, the truth, and the life? I can tell you my truth all day long. I recognize most of them are just saying, let me tell you my story. Let me tell you what's happened in my life. I get that. But we are living in a, in a world that is trying to shift the truth, change the truth, turn a truth into a lie, and still call it a truth. And let me tell you something, judgment is not going to begin with the world. I love all the Christians out there that love to flip their channels and talk about how God's going to just destroy the world. But your Bible is clear. The judgment will begin at the house of God. And I know that I have a friend named Pastor Devin that has been saying to the church that next year will be the year of the bride, the bride making herself ready, the bride being prepared. And let me tell you something, brides tend to every detail in the wedding I have now one married daughter about to have a granddaughter just any day now actually and she was a literal bridezilla total and complete bridezilla over every little detail but I want you to understand she was making things ready and I learned a very valuable lesson. It wasn't just about her. She was trying to make sure that it was exactly the way her groom wanted it to be. That's exactly the way we have to do. I may say, I like this dress. I may say, I like these shoes. But if I'm truly a bride, I'm trying to find out what does the groom like and how does he like me to be seen? I don't mean you have to lose yourself and all of that. But what I'm saying is that God is saying, I want you to iron out those wrinkles. I want you to get those spots and those blemishes out because I am going to come for a bride without spot and without wrinkle. And we've got cities to take before he comes. So we don't have time to be doing foolish things. So we know that the temptation, he knew that the temptation would be so great. So he gave them warning ahead of time. Just like he did Adam and Eve. Just like he did different ones all throughout the scripture. He said, keep yourselves from those things designated for destruction and do not covet them. Dot, 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 dot. So I want to issue a little bit of a word of warning and caution to us today. 
We've got to begin to examine once again our houses. We've got to begin to examine our hearts. We've got to begin to examine our motives, the things, the people, the relationships, the connections in our lives. I don't know if you grew up in a house like I did, but I would try to tell my mom, well, at Janet's house, they do it this way. Now, I don't know. Maybe you had a mama that that flew with. It did not fly with my mama. Because what my mama would say back to me is maybe what your mama said to you, but this ain't Janet's house. We're not rolling with Janet's rules. This is our house. And in our house, these are the rules you go by. And I learned a very valuable lesson that I had to line up with those rules. Why? Not because they wanted to just be rule makers, but because they were for my benefit, my protection, and they were for my good that I could not see then. So this is exactly what God was saying to them. So we've got to examine ourselves. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4, he says this. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. That sounds pretty serious to me. That in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. I believe we've seen that in a record measure in this last little season. And they will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now again, I want you to understand they're departing from the faith. They're not departing from the world. They're departing from the faith, the Bible says. So I want you to understand it's these seducing spirits that we have to be aware of. That word seducing means to entice, to lure, to pull someone away. And the tricky part about this is that God had just literally gotten it out of his mouth in that chapter that we just read. He just had issued the command. They just had defeated Jericho. And that is exactly where Achan went and got the stuff. And you know, the scripture tells us my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So could we argue, did they not know? Or did they just, were they just disobedient? Or did they not understand the consequence of their actions? That their actions would cost them their lives and the lives of many of their family members. We're living in very sobering days where the church must be sobered up. We must be awakened, it, the likes of which maybe we have not been in an entire decade or longer. Maybe decades, if you wanna know the real truth of the matter. We have been in such a uh, make you feel good, don't offend you, don't hurt your feelings. And I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, so don't be mad at me if your feelings get hurt. That's not what I'm here to do. But what I'm saying is we've had preachers that have been muzzled in our pulpits that are literally tiptoeing around trying not to hurt the people of God, but they are being hurt because of lack of knowledge, lack of understanding of what the word of God means that when the mom tells you the stove is hot and it will burn you, I don't care how many ways you want me to make that pretty for you. If you go over and touch the stove, baby, you're gonna have a burned hand. I can't change it any other way. I'm trying to keep you from burning your hand. And this is the world that we're living in today. Are you okay? Take a deep breath. I'm not mad at anybody. I just preach loud and strong, but I'm not mad at anybody. 
But it's, the, it's, it's exactly why God had told them, do not. So we have to be aware that we are in this day of seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. I mentioned just briefly today to the RSM students the word indoctrination. I want you to understand as well that all of us are being indoctrinated by something. Every movie you watch, every song you listen to, every billboard you read, every news headline that comes along your television, you are being indoctrinated by something. And what does that mean? Your belief system is being built on what you are taking in. So you have to make a very wise choice about what it is that you were willing to ingest. My daddy said it like this. You put garbage in, baby garbage is going to come out. You cannot change that. So we have to be so, so careful that we have to know what God's word is because we have to flee the very appearance of evil. Does anybody go back that far or am I just the only person when we were raised to flee the very appearance of evil? Like you couldn't go someplace, can't be seen with somebody don't be in no picture with that. If they got stuff, don't you have no picture with them? Like the appearance. Like it's like people had the plague sometimes. Because we could not be around the appearance of evil. They took it so seriously. Anybody remember being raised in, in what I call those old time holiness days? I was raised in it. When, when I mean I, no paint on my face whatsoever. You can thank the Lord right now for that. And I remember when, when we were wearing those long blue jean holiness skirts and God allowed us to go to the water park. But when blue jean skirts get wet, they turn into a hundred pound fabric. It is so hard to go down a water slide and look cute in hundred pound fabric. But we were fleeing the very appearance of the fact that we even got into a water park was really on the line. But we did not look evil. I can assure you, we just looked a little strange, but we did not look evil. We looked set apart, which is what we were going for. So this is what I want you to understand. God is saying to us, you must listen to those little small instructions, those little, those little tiny little words as the di disclaimer at the bottom of the page, pay attention in this hour so that our cities can be one for Jesus. Not because you want to be a legalist and look at, oh, I'm so holy, but the enemy who is the accuser of the brethren will use it as a loophole. He can go into the courtroom of heaven and say to God, listen, I've got them on a technicality they cannot win the victory because this is what you told them and I've got them on a technicality then he goes and he begins to accuse you to other people and he says to them they're not really all they say they are why because I have them on a technicality this is what the enemy is absolutely loving right now he's loving it in the world because people have lost the knowledge of the word of God. They are ignorant. And I'm going to say this, and I know you're going to be mad, but you don't have to ask me back. 
I don't know how much study you can do from the word of God on your little cell phone. I'm just saying, I know it's a cool Bible app. I know it will read the word of God to you. I know you can get it in a little snippet on your little five-minute road ride to school. I know you can get that. But I'm telling you, we are living in a day where there are seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And your little five-minute peppy, happy, happy devotion is not going to cut it. We've got to have men and women of God who say, you will not get me on a technicality. I know my weapon of warfare, and I know how to use it. And devil, you better back it up I'm not backing down in the courtroom you are devil and you don't have to wait on a lawyer to say order in the cart you say uh uh ah ah forbid that because that is an accusation that is false God call him on a technicality overrule him today because I know my heart is pure I know my heart is clean but that's why I wanted to say it a moment ago. You are not the one to do the examining. This is why I get a little soapboxy about that little device that we're all trying to use. Because it's one thing for you to read the word. But we've got to be in days where this word reads us. And this word salts us and cleanses us and purifies us from all righteousness. If not, when we are called to be the people of God, to take the city for God, and we go and we begin to march or we begin to uh, get our warriors in place, and then all of a sudden we start losing the battle, something is wrong with that picture. Because it is God's will for us to win. And I know that fights our mind when I say that. But you look throughout your Bible. Even the enemy had to come to God and say, can I touch Job? Because Job was going to be a winner. God had destined him to be a winner. And he only had to come to God to get position to touch Job and not on a technicality. He had to get position, he had to get permission from God to even be able to touch him because there was no technicality. He was upright in his ways. Second thing is this in chapter 7, verse 17, he brought the family of Judah. I want to reread it, so just hold tight a minute for just a few verses. He brought the family of Judah forward, he selected the family of the Zerahites. Then he brought the family of the Zerahites forward man by man. And Zabdi was selected. And he brought his household forward man by man. And Achan, son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, was selected. Then Joshua said to Achan, my son. Listen to that. Listen to his language. My son, I implore you, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and give praise to him and tell me now what you have done. Don't hide it from me. So Achan answered Joshua and said, truly, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I did. See, it's always smart to come clean with God. He already knows. He said, truly, I've sinned. He said, when I saw the spoils 
a beautiful robe from Shinar, 200 shekels of silver, a bar of gold, 50 shekels in weight. Then I wanted them and I took them. And behold, they are hidden in the ground inside my tent with silver underneath. <laughs> you know, you've been taught in this church very well. Judah in our scripture is translated the word praise. I want you not to think about a song when you read that. I want you to think about your lifestyle. A lifestyle of worship and devotion and dedication unto God. So, so this is what he does. One of the tricks of the enemy is to make us think that because we're a praiser, because we're in church on a Wednesday night, because we're going to be here on Sunday morning, this could never affect us. But we would be mistaken. There is none of us that can't be hoodwinked by the enemy from time to time. We can't be prideful about our praise. We have to stay humble about it. Stay before the Lord. And remember, when you sin, you don't just sin against people. You sin against God. Now, I want you to imagine for just a moment having to have your entire family come up here and be accounted for. It's coming one day when we stand before him. He will call us one by one. He's going to reward us, of course, those of us that are washed in the blood of the lamb. But I want you to understand that there is an accounting that must be done for all of our lives. And I'm afraid to say that we are not saying that enough to people. I think that we have made it to believe for a lot of people that the life I'm living, I'm good. I'm all good. My truth is my truth and it's all good. When we know that God's word has been so clear for us and God is not trying to be a legalist and put un, un, unbelievable rules upon us. But he's saying what you don't understand is it's going to protect you. So because we're from the tribe of praise, the enemy can trick, trick us into thinking that this won't hurt anybody. I mean, I'm from, I'm from Judah. Like, I'm, I'm the Jesus tribe. Nothing can touch me. But the, the reality is, and, and here's the other little trick the enemy tells us. No one will know if I hide it. But I want you to understand something. That, that, that if, I, if you steal something, if you hide it and you think it's in secret. See, I want you to understand something. The enemy's been busy stealing marriages in this last season. He's been busy stealing families all the while thinking this is a secret. Nobody will know. But sin is only a secret to you. It's never a secret to God. And eventually it won't won't be a secret to the world. Anybody have a mom like mine and tell me, <laughs> your sins are going to find you out. I can't even tell you the times I heard stuff like that. I think they just knew I needed it. Like I needed an extra dose. So I got extra, extra instructions. And so, so my dad, his words to me were, every time I'd go out of the house, remember who you are. Lord, do you want to know what that's like pouring cold water on a girl's head? Remember who you are. Oh, that meant I got to go be a Christian. Everybody knows I'm a Christian. 
I mean, I had the blue jean skirt. I mean, you know what I'm saying? You got to behave. And they know you're the preacher's daughter. So you really got to behave because you got all these little eyes out in the, in the city who are going to call your mom and daddy and tell them your business, right? I would to God, once again, that we had those kinds of people in our communities again that would begin to call our families and say, I'm not here tattling on your children, but I am letting you know that right now I've hit my knees in prayer because your child is somewhere they don't need to be. And I'm calling you to let you know we need to intercede because I'm trying to save your child from danger instead of just looking the other way and say, well, I knew they weren't teaching them right from wrong anyway which is what's the nasty attitude that's happened in church sometimes is we get very condescending that my child doesn't do that, but yours does. We can't do that. We can't play that game. I was raised in a church where we all belong to the kingdom and my children were the church's children. I was part of the church's children. And that meant if sister Irene saw me running in the church, she would say, honey, honey, now you know this is God's house. Let's don't run in the church. The only thing my mom and dad didn't let them do was spank me. That was left for my mom and daddy. And I will assure you, I would have loved to have been spanked by Sister Irene instead of my mom and daddy. Because when Sister Irene had to tell them that I had been running in church. See, I'm telling all on myself. I hope my mama listens to this. Because those words, I don't know if you've ever heard them. You wait till we get home. Oh, dear God, I prayed for death, the rapture, amnesia, supernatural sleep. I'm t I prayed the car would wreck, that I would fall through the floorboard of the car. Anything. But you wait till we get you home. Ah, oh, kill me now. Just kill me in church and let me go to heaven. Please don't torture me. And you talk to everybody in the church. And then I got to ride all the way home. It's killing me just kill me now oh to God that we had families like that again right put the fear of God back in us it didn't mean I was perfect but I still had the fear of God and I knew God would get my number that's for sure so I want you to know it's not a secret sin but here's why this is so important we're here to tell you that we're called to take cities and territories. This is why this message is coming to a church called to the nations. People who are called to intercessions and declarations and decrees. It is because you cannot shout over sin. I've been saying this to my church lately. I said, don't come up here and dance a demonic dance in this altar get it right in the altar and do your holy dance all over this place but you better check your heart because there's a holy dance and there's another kind and the heart is the only thing that turns it one way or the other people's intention see I come up in the day I came up old school People would come and tap you on the sh shoulder and say, sit down. Come right over here and sit down. And you'd have, I'm telling you, Sister Irene, she was sweet, but she was mean. In the Holy Ghost, oh, honey, uh-uh. And you don't want to mess with Sister Irene. 
Because let me tell you something, if a devil manifested, oh, she didn't have to call the preacher. Oh, no, 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 no. She could handle it all by herself. And I want some crazy lady to look at her cross-eyed honey. She would have slapped oil on her so fast and cast that thing out right there. And then we would have gone on singing when the roll is called up yonder. But that's what I'm saying. We have to have holiness again. I don't mean long skirts. I don't mean a bunch of rules and legislation and regulation. But what I am telling you as the devil is getting us on a technicality. And some of us are frustrated and confused and say, why are our prayers not going through? God, why can't we see breakthrough? And sometimes it's because the enemy's got us on a technicality. And we've got to check our heart. He's not bringing condemnation. He's bringing correction. We're in a moment of correction in our nation. We know that. God is bringing us back on track. He's striving. He wants us. I want you to know he wants the United States of America to win. I remember I shared this with uh, many that went to the D.C. trip. And I'm, I'm on my last page of notes. Everybody take a deep breath. And I'm almost done. I'm going to land this plane. In fact, somebody come get on that keyboard and then I will land. Okay. Everybody just breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. I'm not mad at anybody. But this is what I learned so much about the United States of America. We had been with Pastor Devin and the entire RSM team to D.C. at Yom Kippur. And we had been uh, praying. We had run. We've done just insane things. I mean insane things. I'm going to say it again, insane things, <laughs> things that my physical body really is not trained to do. I'm trying to do, but, um, we were there and we prayed for those 12 hours on that following day. And every Uber driver I'd had the entire weekend or the entire week had all been male drivers. We had had niceties conversation, but nothing in depth. My ride on the way to the airport, I get in the car, sweet little woman. She actually was waiting on me before I ever called for the Uber, which was kind of crazy. She was just sitting there waiting. And I said, you're my Uber driver? She said, yes, ma'am, I am. She told me her name was Ruth. She said, my son's name is Caleb. She, one of her family members was, was named Bethlehem. That's when I knew. I thought, oh, yeah, we've done gone over into the way spiritual now she began to tell me that she was from Ethiopia and she began to prophesy to me going down the road and she began to get militant as she was holding that steering wheel and I thought Lord this has got to be an angel or you've got to take the wheel because she was getting so excited and I, she had asked me why we were there and I began to tell her what crazy things we had been doing there in DC and she said oh you cannot stop doing what you're doing you cannot, you cannot. God brought you here. He, I mean, she was just like that. She was just pounding and speaking that truth. And she said, my family came to know Jesus because missionaries from the USA came to Ethiopia and told me about Jesus. I'm here today because missionaries from the United States, the United States have got to win. They've got to be victorious. They've got to be a nation under God. I went home on that plane. I did not need a tin can to get me home. I was flying so high. I said, Jesus, I hear you. I hear you. I want to make every declaration I need to make over this nation. This nation is intended to win. 
You were intending for us to be an overcomer. You were intending for us to be taking nations, taking cities, taking territories, taking regions, because there are people in far flung places that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not about your Republican. It's not about your Democrat. It's not about any of that. It's about the gospel of Jesus Christ going out into all the world. You don't have to like me for that. It's still true. But I want you to know things are beginning to be exposed. But we can't revel in someone's demise. That's not God's will either. The scripture tells us in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16, but if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but glorify God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what would the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? We have to take a hard look at ourselves, church. Not through condemnation, but we have to ask the Lord, check us. Check us. Are there any accursed things? Are there any things among us that are designated for destruction? If there are, get it out. Go into your home in this next week and say, Holy Spirit, guide me in my home to anything that is displeasing to you. Some of you need to take your devices. You need to say, sanctify these things. Maybe you need to completely delete it. I don't know. Maybe you need to get away from it. You need to get rid of it. I don't know. But if that's what you need to do, then do away with it. There was a day when we did not have cell phones. There was a day when we did not have laptops. And I promise you, you will survive. And if it keeps you from being accursed and coveting things that you should not covet, then you need to get rid of it. One other little point I want to make. If you find where they found the accursed things, on top of the silver. They were just scattered amongst Achan's things, but hidden on top of redemption. Silver is a signifier of redemption. And the enemy had caused Achan to put his accursed thing on top of God's redemption. This is how the enemy will trick us. Oh, it's just a few trinkets. We'll just sprinkle it in. No, no. You'll have no other gods before me, he says. So you've got to begin to check your heart. Now let me show you what happens. Because our end game is to win cities and to win territories. So look at what happens in Joshua 8. Now the Lord said to Joshua, this is after he takes care of business and God dealt with things. He said, don't fear or be dismayed. See, that already tells you something. Victory's coming. He said, take all the people of war with you. Arise, go up to Ai. See, I've handed over to you the king of Ai, his people, his city, his land. You shall do to Ai and its king just as you did to Jericho and its king. You shall take only its spoils and its cattle as plunder for yourselves. God's will was for them to win. Remember when he told Joshua, be strong and very courageous. I am with you. Every place that the sole of your feet tread I have given you so 
I want you to understand it is God's will that you win every time, all the time. Stand with me, would you? God wants us to have cities as our, as our inheritance. So tonight is an invitation day for you. Number one, you might be here and you say, I got some junk. Nobody in this room knows the secret stuff that I've got hidden. But I want you to know, sir, I want you to know, ma'am, God knows. And he doesn't know to just bring condemnation or shame. He does it because he says, I want nothing to separate us from one another. He says, get it out. Your family matters too much. Your neighborhood matters too much. Your city matters too much. This nation matters too much. And the nations that you are called to prophesy to matter too much. So you have to let go of the accursed things and let God move in. He said, I've handed the city over to you, Joshua. It's yours. So here's what I'd like us to do tonight. And I know this is, you're going, my Lord, I don't ever want her to come back. It, that is cool. I am totally okay with that. This stresses me out being on this stage anyway. I'll just tell you. But this is what I'm going to tell you. You always want to get it right when God gives you the opportunity to get it right. So tonight, the Lord sent a crazy woman from a few hours down the road to come and say, get it right. Get it right. Get it under the blood. If it's not under the blood, no condemnation. Then the second thing that I want us to do, I want us to stand as priests before the Lord on behalf of this nation with clean hands and a pure heart. To say, Holy Spirit, we are intercessors. And now that things are right in our life, we can make decrees and we can make declarations. And when we have the right heart and the right spirit, the angels of the Lord are sent to carry out the word of the Lord and bring it to pass in the earth. That what we may not have been able to see is not only may there have been sound waves, there could have been angels that just went, I don't know, at the walls of Jericho. But what I do know is that it was a fixed fight. And I want you to know that in your life and in your family, maybe there have been some struggles that you're dealing with and you're going, God. And you may be sitting there and going, Lord, is there, I don't think there's anything in my life. Do a heart check. Let the Holy Spirit do it. Because I can tell you pride can hide. Unforgiveness can hide. How many of you know when we went through COVID? You remember what happened in COVID? People began to talk about, they said, COVID brought other things to the surface. You would go in for one thing and they said, oh, you had an underlying condition you did not know about. And now we're going to have to hospitalize you because this underlying condition is serious. COVID is what brought you in. But now this is serious. I want to tell you that God knows every underlying condition of the heart in this place. He is not angry with you. He's wooing you. He does not want to. You remember how Joshua said, my son, my son, what is this that you've done? He wanted him to give glory to God. He wanted him to get it right. He wanted him to get the sin out.
that's what the Holy Spirit's doing for us tonight. So here's what I want us to do. Just bow your head with me for just a moment. I know some of you are having to go get your children and I'm not going to be long. But Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to sweep the room. Just sweep the room tonight. Lord, I know that it is not your will that we be condemned. It is your will that we all be saved. We all be set free from the bondage of sin. We all be set free from these seducing spirits and these doctrines of devil. That is your will, God. And it is your will that we be able to take territories and we be able to take cities for your glory, God. It is your will. So we want to move all the technicalities out of the way so that when we put our feet on the territory, we can know that we have legal right to be there. And whatever the enemy comes to say to us, he has no access in our life. So I pray right now, God, as every heart is being examined by the Spirit, that you search deep within us. Lord, sometimes, even as Sister Crystal said a moment ago, there are wounds. And when wounds happen in our life, God, infection can set in if we don't get to the salt. And that infection can hide within our body until we become so sick. And we may be walking around with infirmity and not realize that it comes from something we may not have dealt with. So Holy Spirit, only you can sweep the room. But I ask you to do it right now. Here's what I'm going to ask you tonight for those of you that are able. I'm not asking you if you have sin in your life, but maybe if you would say, tonight I want to just close the gap. Maybe there's been a gap that you want to make sure that there's no way the enemy can get a wedge in there. If that's you, I want you to step out of your seat and I want you to come and just stand in this altar for just a moment. Would you do that real quickly? If you say, Michelle, tonight, I just want to come as a sign to say, God, I'm closing that wedge. There's not going to be a wedge in between you and me. I'm going to do it on behalf of my family. I'm going to do it on behalf of my city. I'm going to do it on behalf of my nation. Whatever you've got to get out, whatever you've got to clean out, God, you clean it all out. All the cupboards, all the secret places, clean it all out, God. Close that gap in my life so that the enemy cannot have any foothold whatsoever. I don't know if you've ever seen what a foothold is, but it's not much for an intruder to make his way all the way into the house. All he's got to do is just get his foot in the door and he's able to push his way all the way in. So I want to just pray for those that came. Heavenly Father, you see these hearts tonight. They're serious before you, God. And although there may not be a sin that they have committed or even a sin that they've omitted, there may just be distance that they say, God, I'm done with that. I do not want the enemy to have any kind of a foothold in my life. And tonight, I step forward in faith to say, do what only you can do. Purge my heart, cleanse me. Do whatever needs to be done in my heart, God, so that all the gap is closed, Jesus. Close the gap. Draw me ever closer to you like I've never been drawn close to you before, God. That my heart beats for you, Lord, every day when I awaken. In 
Jesus' name. Then one final thing, and then I'm getting off the stage. I want those of you that would say, Michelle, my heart's ready. And I want to take the position of a priest for my city, for my family, and for my nation. I want to stand in the gap tonight. I want you to come right now. If that's you, I want to stand. There's no gap between me and God, but I want to stand in the gap as a priest of the Lord, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You may be coming tonight and saying, listen, I just need to stand in the gap for my family. Your family may be fine and you say, listen, I feel a burden for our city. I drive down these streets and I'm burdened for things going on in my city and I want to stand in the gap for my city tonight. You may be here tonight and you may have a national mantle on your heart and say, listen, our nation is a mess and I feel the burden of the Lord for my nation tonight. I want to stand in the gap. Then some of you might be like Kyle and you've just got nations in your belly. You don't have just one nation. You've got the nations in your belly and you say, I want to come and stand in the gap on behalf of nations tonight. This is why you must close the gap. Because when you stand as a priest of the Lord, you now take the sins of the nation before God. And you plead their case before the Lord. This is why as a priest of God in the Old Testament, they had to make sure there was nothing hidden. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is it would come, it would consume them if there was contamination. But if there was no contamination, it was the priest's job to go before the throne and carry the weight of the nation unto God. I would to God that we had those kinds of people again that said, you know what? I'm getting myself together. Aiken, you're not going, I'm not going to be an Aiken. I'm not doing it. I'm getting my stuff cleaned up because when I go to God, I want to be able to priest, be a priest for our nation and for the nations of this world. I want to be able to carry them on my chest into the presence of God. And I want to be able to say, Lord, I want you to move this sin, move this, move this diabolical mess that we're dealing with so that these seducing spirits and these doctrines of devil, they have no toehold in our nation. That's what God's asking of us tonight. So Father, right now, all over this room, I pray that intercession begins to be released out of the hearts and the minds of your people. That God, only you know the burdens that they carry. There may be those that have got their family on their chest tonight. Their family's lost. Their family's broken. Their family is in disarray. Their family is under the attack of doctrines of devils and seducing spirits. And they are here. They are bringing their family to you, God. I pray, Lord, that they would begin to get a burden. I mean a real burden for that family, for those lost family members. And they would begin to intercede and cry out because they would get an idea in their mind that it is your will that we have victory and that we begin to dismantle 
dismantle the power and the principalities and the rulers in high places through our prayers and through our decrees, God, that we don't tackle them outright. But what we do is we make decrees on earth that the angels of the Most High God pick them up and they do warfare in the spirit and they bring the victory on our behalf, God. I pray you'll get their families in their heart tonight, God. Right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for those today, God, that they feel the burden for this city, God. They come to this church because this church carries a burden for this city, God. They're not just a church to come in and go through the motions, but they want to transform and change this city for the glory of God. And they carry that burden on their chest tonight. I pray for them tonight, Lord, that the decrees of the Lord begin to come out of their mouths. I pray for a lifting over this city. God, we make a decree tonight, Lord, that Chattanooga will be yours, God. That every nook and every cranny, God, of this city, God, that the kingdom, the kingdom like God, would begin to go out of this building, God, and would reach into the dark alleyways, God, into the secret places where there are secret sins and begin to expose it, oh God, and bring healing. That as we decree, God, the enemy has to give up our children. The enemy has to give up schools. The enemy has to give up all kinds of neighborhoods and territories and regions. He has to give it back because now the technicality is not on us, but it's on him. And Lord, there's those in here, God, that you've been burdening this nation. The nation is on their heart tonight, God. Lord, that even now as we're watching what's going on and trying to see how things are going to go, God, and the warfare that's going on on Capitol Hill, Father, and all of the things that we are witness to and we are privy to, God, that, Father, I thank you that tonight that the nation is on their hearts because they're not caring about whether it's Republican or Democrat or anything like that. They're caring because it's a kingdom country and it's one nation under God. And as this nation goes, so go the other nations of the world. And that the gospel will be preached from this nation God we carry it Lord we carry it before you tonight God we carry it before you tonight God we bring it to you we say God bring righteousness back into our land bring holiness back into our land I pray God bring righteous judges back into our land God Bring righteous men and women, bring righteous mayors, righteous politicians, God, righteous judges, righteous governors, God, bring them back into position, God. If you've got to overturn seats, then overturn seats, God. But if you don't want to overturn a seat, just save their soul, God. Change their mind, change the way they think, God. Change their heart, I pray, Father. But let righteousness roll down tonight, I pray, from the highest office in our land, God. And then I want you right now, before we leave tonight, I want you to get a nation of the world on your heart. 
There may be somewhere that is special to you. Maybe, maybe as uh, Brother Kyle and the team have brought them before you and they've let you know some nation that it just gripped your heart and grabbed your heart. I want you to begin to call that out tonight. Would you begin to decree that over that nation? Father, the nations of the world, God, we know that they are your inheritance, God. We know that it is your will that nations be one for the kingdom of God. And I thank you that tonight, Lord, standing before me is a room full of priests, God, and they are making intercession on behalf of those nations. I pray, oh God, that you will dismantle every technicality that is going on in these nations and we begin to see the revival that we know is coming begin to break out in all nations, oh God. That cities are one for your kingdom, God. Cities are one for your kingdom, God. Cities are one for your kingdom, oh God. Come on. Come on, redemption to the nations. I know there's intercession in your belly. And I know you might be looking at the clock. I'm not asking you to stay all night. But I'm asking you, go into that intercession. Don't go into the natural. Go in by the Spirit. And say, Holy Spirit, we intercede. I want you to understand that somebody's son or somebody's daughter are locked away in an evil place. And it could just be that your decree, your declaration is what begins to unlock the padlock unlock the chain over their life so open your mouth and make the decree of the Lord tonight Father, I pray that you will anoint our lips of clay with mighty decrees of the Spirit. I pray, God, that as we begin to go into this next week, I pray that you will wake us up. It will come from another world. It will come from heaven's throne room. And we will wake up by the Spirit and we will know what to decree. We will know the word of the Lord that we are to speak into existence over that situation. And I pray, God, that light begins to shine on these pathways, God. I pray it so. I pray, Lord, that by this time next week that there will be testimonies in this room, God, that because people in this room begin to close the gap, that already they're seeing transformation and change in their family's life, that supernaturally you begin to break down barriers, you begin to uproot things, God, and you begin to bring light into their circumstance and change things for your glory and for your honor, Jesus. We know you can do it, God. I want to tell you one final testimony and then I'm going to get out of the way. I shared this with RSM today. And for those of you that follow Pastor Devin's ministry and all that she does outside of the country, outside of this, these walls. On that night when we were there at the Capitol and I happened to be at the Supreme Court. So my advantage point was just a little different. That all of a sudden as they were at the Supreme, excuse me, as they were at the Capitol praying a strange sound of intercession began to go out of that, of that area. It was very, very different than anything I'd heard up until that moment. And then as God is my witness, and as much as we've been able to record, all of a sudden coming over that Capitol building were what appeared to be 
not sparkling fireworks, but colors, flashes of colors, as it were fireworks on Yom Kippur or the night before Yom Kippur. Actually, Yom Kippur started, had it. And I kept thinking, who is doing fireworks at the Capitol? How can you do fireworks at the Capitol? Who has authority to do fireworks at the Capitol? Are they fireworks? I don't know. And I kept watching and I've asked everybody, show me what you captured. And it was a, I mean, it was just, at first we thought it might've been gunshots. It was just so noisy. And these kids can all tell you it's the truth. That's my best sound effect. I see y'all mocking me over there. But I went back home and I shared this with them. There's a gentleman by the name of Tim Sheets. He's in Ohio. He's the brother to Prophet Dutch Sheets. And I had seen him go to the nation's capital in the weeks previous. But if he said this before we left, I did not catch it. I don't think he did, but I did not catch it. He went on a prompting of the Holy Spirit to go and stand in our capital, different locations, White House Capitol, Jefferson, all that. And he literally held up a piece of paper that God had told him to write on. And he read the decree of the Lord. And I went back and I found what he had decreed prior to us going. And his words were, fireworks were about to go off in the kingdom and in the nation. And it went on and on. And I've gone back and I've read even deeper. That's why I'm mad at myself that I didn't bring tonight. Because it goes so much deeper than that. But what I want to tell you is I believe that we were absolute eyewitnesses to the angels of God with the battering rams of heaven and they were pushing in to our nation's capital. They were breaking something up. Our capital, by the way, was completely under reconstruction anyway. All the scaffolding was up. You, y'all are in a prophetic house. You can figure that out. But our nation is under a restructuring. How will we go? How will we go? We have to stand on behalf of all the Aikens trying to hide something. And we have to say, God, uproot it. God, let redemption overtake the sins of our nation. We repent on behalf of our nation. But I know now that there is a God. I knew it before, but I know it now more than I ever have. He listens for our decrees and our declarations. And he will, he will absolutely send his angels to carry out the word of the Lord. So you don't need to be silent in this season. You need to begin to get in your Bible and say, what do I have permission to decree? What does the king say that I can say? What does the king say that I can repeat? What does the king say that I don't even have to shout it? I don't have to do anything fancy. I just stand up in my house and I decree the word of the Lord. I may go to the, I may go to the, uh, the uh, uh, courthouse here in Chattanooga and just stand and decree and declare the word of the Lord. Make sure somebody catches it on video so that when it happens the way that God told you to say it, you can stand in this church and say, there is a God who is watching over our our words and he is performing it exactly as he said it would do it over your family do it over this city 
do it over territories. I've lived long enough. That's just one of many stories I could tell you about. I've seen God do supernatural things even in my own city where we would just be crazy enough to go and stand and make a decree. And all of a sudden people say, oh, a developer just came in and I don't know where they came from. I do. And now all of a sudden they're completely refurbishing that area that we were just praying in two weeks ago. And I'm said, that's the word of the Lord. That's the decree of the Lord going forth. So I just want to tell you, the enemy's not going to have the last say. I need you to hear me say that. God's plan is for you to win and win every time. And the only time that you ever lose is either the enemy has allowed the enemy, um, the Lord has allowed the enemy to come and sift you for some reason or check the technicalities and make sure that he's not calling a technical on you. I love you, Pastor Devin. Come on, come on and tell them whatever else you want to say. Maybe she'll preach part two. I don't know. Nothing left to be preached tonight. How many thank God for his word? I think this is so important. This word may be some leftovers we reheat, like we talked about Sunday, because if the next year is going to be a year of victory for the bride then we just heard a story about what can keep us from participating in the victory. In the victory of a nation, every family tent matters. And so I know how I'm gonna pray after hearing this word this week is for the Wallace house to be covered in salt because I want my family to participate in the victories that God has for this year. I know you want that for yours. So let's just receive this word. Let's thank God for it. I'm gonna pray a prayer to seal it and then you all can fellowship and we'll see you in the house on Sunday. But God, thank you for this prophetic word you gave us tonight. And Father, we do believe you want us to win every time, but we've gotta come into alignment with your word. So right now, Father, we take this in our hearts personally, every individual, every family, God, we give you permission, Holy Spirit, to search and cleanse our tent. Throw salt on it. Bring purity and restore covenant because, Father, we don't want to be left out of the victory. Lord, we don't want to be the hindrance for the victory. But I thank you, Father, that in this time of bridal preparation, you're making us ready for what's coming. And so we receive your word. Father, we pray blessings on Pastor Michelle, her ministry and her church. Thank you, God, for all she's poured out. Now pour double back into her life. Refresh and strengthen her. Touch every person attached to her, her family, her husband, her daughter, her son-in-law, her new granddaughter on the way. Father, we pray your richest blessings on her as she leaves this place for her obedience to you. And we give you glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hug next as you go, and we'll see you Sunday in the house of the Lord.